Hello, friends. Uh, this is Pastor Mitch back for another seven minute side issue. I'll see if I can keep it to seven minutes. But this, in the last message on Sunday, I gave an overview of Israel's history. And if you are reading along in the, the, the reading guide we're, we're doing, my guess is at times you've come across a few passages or events in Israel's history that you find troubling. Um, and and you're asking, why did God allow this or allow his people to do this? And so I want to, I can't hit them all, but I'm going to take one particular example from the book of Judges and talk about it as a way to, um, to kind of work through how, how do we understand passages like these? So what I want to talk about today is Jephthah's foolish vow in Judges chapter 11. Jephthah was a judge whom God had used to save the Israelites out of the hands of their enemies, the Ammonites, who were doing wrong to them. And so, but Jephthah didn't trust God completely. And he, he makes a vow. He says, you know, God, if you give me victory, I will sacrifice to you whatever comes through my door when I come home. And so he thinks he needs to, in a sense, um, convince God to give him victory. And so God does give him victory. And he, he comes home, he's joyous over his great victory, but out walks his daughter, his only child. And then he's heartbroken because he feels compelled to follow through on this, this foolish vow that he made to sacrifice and um, he says, for I have opened my mouth to the Lord and cannot take it back. Uh, the daughter even encourages him to keep the, his, this vow. And she asks for two months to go mourn. And she goes hiking in the mountains with their friends. And then they do it. And I don't know about you, but the story bothers me. And I think it's in a ridiculous in the sense of that the, the thinking that goes into this. It's such a foolish vow. What did he think would walk out of his door, his pet rabbit? Like, um, and then it's not just making the vow is foolish, but thinking that God would be more angry at him for not following through on his vow than it would be than him him killing his own daughter. And then the daughter's response adds to the foolishness. It shows that there is an entrenched mindset in people that we as moderns cannot quite grasp. And, and that maybe is, is part of the point of the story. One thing I want to point to is, is it reveals the cultural mindset of the ancient world that was part of what Israel was. And there's two aspects I want to comment is is this was the thinking in, in not just Israel, but in all the ancient peoples, the gods can be bribed by sacrifice, right? You give a sacrifice as a quid pro quo. You bring me this costly sacrifice and I give you victory. That's what they were thinking would happen as they do these things. And that's how it worked in the pagan world. But is it just the pagan world? Oh, Think about this. Did you watch the Marvel Avengers series, Infinity War? What 
did Thanos have to do to get the soul infinity stone? He sacrificed his own daughter, Gamora. And so it, it's, it's something that, uh, that it still crops up at times. The second aspect is that the gods demand child sacrifice, and that did take place in among certain peoples in the ancient world. Maybe not all of them. Uh, the Canaanites definitely practiced child sacrifice. Um, I want to note that the idea came not from Jephthah, or not from God, but from Jephthah himself. It wasn't that God demanded it, but that Jephthah had it in his own head. I want to contrast this then with a, a well-known story in Greek mythology or history. It would have really come around the same time as the the, ju- the period of the judges, and that is the period of Agamemnon, the king who led the, the Greeks to go the Trojan War. And so Agamemnon had offended Artemis, the goddess, and she demanded in order to allow him to take his army across the the Mediterranean to, to fight the Trojan War, she demanded a sacrifice of his own daughter, Iphigenia. And this is a often told story. There's several Greek plays that, that deal with this, this the tragedy of, of Iphigenia. And ultimately, she is using this as a punishment against Agamemnon. Um, and he he's reluctant, but he ends up following through. So the contrast I, I offer is that it, in the Greek story, it is Artemis demanding this. It's not God demanding it. In fact, God does not endorse what Jephthah did. God does not bless Jephthah for doing it afterwards. In fact, after this event, Jephthah ends up, there's a mini civil war between the different tribes of Israel. And Jephthah does not last long after this as a judge. Jephthah is portrayed within the the story of scripture as foolish and tragic, not heroic for this act. He is not rewarded for sacrificing his daughter. Moreover, God opposed that whole mindset and the Bible would teach against it. And you'd begin to see a change even as scripture unfolds. So, for example, a few hundred years later, Saul would make another foolish vow uh, and effectively it would put him in the position of sacrificing his own son, Jonathan. And he's ready to do it, but the, the people, his own soldiers, stop him from following through on that. And so you would start to see a shift. But moreover, it would be the prophet speaking for God who would make clear that this is not how God thinks and not what he wants among God's people. So Micah 6, 8 would talk about how you you don't, God doesn't want you to bring sacrifices to bribe him. Um, you know, the question is asked in Micah 6, does God want me to bring him these great sacrifices? And even mentions child sacrifice. And it, it concludes in verse 8, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. That's what God is looking for, not these sacrifices. You don't need to bribe God to find, to get his favor. Just do what's right and love him and follow him. And then God would make clear through the prophets that 
he abhors child sacrifice. Jeremiah 19 would say it doesn't even enter his mind. It talks about how the um, how the Israelites devolved to be like the other nations, like the Canaanites, and offering their children in the fire as a sacrifice. And God said, that is something I did not command or mention, nor did it enter my mind. God could not con- convey cl- more clearly how much he was against that. And so, ultimately, God would work towards getting rid of this. So I got to deal with one more passage, and I think it actually points to how how would God get rid of child sacrifice? Because it took place in the the, the classical world as well when Jesus came, and and so it's you got to look at when Abraham was called to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice. So this is actually one God called for, but God called for it knowing he would not let Abraham follow through. And in fact, once Abraham proves he's ready to do it, God offers a substitute, a ram in place of the child. And see what I think God is doing. He's actually pointing away from child sacrifice by saying, I don't want that. I don't want you to kill your own children. In fact, I want you to, uh, this, you could use an animal instead. You know, maybe you owe me your children, but that's not what I want from you. And it also points to the ultimate way God would, would get rid of it is he would offer an even bigger substitute. Though by rights, we owe God our lives. He instead would give us life and he would do that. Um, He would flip the script. He would give us, us, his son, his one and only son, Jesus, would come and bear our sin on the cross. In other words, he would come as a sacrifice. It says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. That's what it would cost to bring eternal life. God would sacrifice his own son for us. So as you read these troubling passages, um, I understand. I, I, I feel them too. Um, but understand God is teaching and working towards something in them. And even as he allows them, um, they're doing it to point to something better in the end. Hey, thanks for taking the time for this.